The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Check this. Welcome on and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio, are back via the podcast. We have another packed show in store for you this evening. Coming up shortly, I'll be joined by Brenda Gilcoyne and John Gilday to look back at the weekend's senior semi-finals. We'll also have a preview of the intermediate and junior finals coming up later in the show. I'll be speaking with Declan Boner, the one and only Declan Boner, manager of Narasa, and a very interesting interview as well with the Maville management team, Pat McLaughlin and Johnny Quigg. Stay tuned for that of Maville. That's Narasa Maville. Coming up in the junior final next Saturday, the intermediate final, which is coming up next Sunday. They're both in the Donald Park. We'll hear from the Mallon manager, Michael Byrne, and the Downend manager, Kevin Cookie-Gallagher, and what promises to be two cracking games. Really looking forward to that. Uh, but first of all, gents, welcome to the show. Brendan Coins in studio here, Jungle Days, on the magic of Zoom. How are you, lads? Hi, Bate. Hi, Brendan. How's things? Coming through one kind of sad man one happy man so it balances things up here we've got we've got a good uh, Neve Connell St. Julian's connection I'm of course neutral in all this uh, <laughs> <laughs> lads before we get to 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 the to the game the the Union Steve Connell game that the whole county and and many outside of was looking forward to there was another semi-final on on Saturday evening uh Brendan McCool's against Gridor and uh an Oshin Gallon uh inspired uh, uh, McCool's tried their best, but at the end, goals won games, and uh, Gidor back in a final after uh, a four-year uh, absence. Yeah, deservedly so too, Brendan. I was impressed with them on Saturday evening. They seemed to bring the Ray game after some very uninspiring, perhaps, performances throughout the group stages, and you know they struggled to get over Dunlow a couple of times. But I saw a much improved our Gidor performance on Saturday night. Their experienced players stood up and, you know, I can imagine Rona McNeil is leaving O'Donnell Park on Saturday night. He'd be really happy because even in your introduction there, the talk was about Oshin Gallon and his 10 points and his wondrous display. And it was indeed that. So there's a, a lot, it took a lot of the focus off Gidor and, you know, they're a queer detail, Brendan. We've come across them in county finals in the past and you'd never take them for granted. You go back to 2006, we went in hot favorites and they got over the line. You're, buddy that you're speaking to later on, Declan Boner in charge that time. So they're, 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 they're a queer detail. So they are, I was really impressed too with some of the young, younger guns that they brought in. Young Adon Brannock at cornerback. I thought it a really, really good game. So he had, and you know, that allied to their experienced players then. And you know, once you felt that once Orn McNeil has converted that penalty in early in the game, that it was lights out for, for McCool's at that stage and a very young McCool side, very young and, Six teenagers playing with them. It was always going to be an uphill task against the experience and the, and the know-how of this Gidor team. So totally deserve a win for Gidor. They'll be happy going in as underdogs into a county final, uh, job done, maybe surpassing what their expectations were maybe early in the year, but they're there. They're a to- always considered a top 14 and you have to give them great credit in that respect. Yes, indeed. Uh, John, you were joking off air, presume that you were going on as underdogs to this final. Are you, are you sticking with that? Listen, finals are finals. Um, as Brendan pointed out to, you know, Neve Connell have gone into finals as raging hot favourites. Um, just if you remember two years ago when we were talking about Neve Connell being, you know, the best team ever seen. And then you said Unions really wiped the floor with them. And then again, said Unions got in last year and, and Glenty's overturned. So, you know, finals are, are one-off individual battles. Ghidorah, a very seasoned team. They've been there, done that. 
bought the T-shirt, they're they're not they're going to go in and they're not going to be overwhelmed by the occasion. What tends to happen maybe is when you see unusual teams in a final that there's maybe that sense that they can be overwhelmed and the game can get away from them. That's not going to happen, Gidor. So ultimately, Neve Connell are going to go in at favourites. Everybody's going to talk them up as they did a couple of years ago. And we know how that ended. So there'll be no complacency from a Neve Connell perspective. And it'd be very disrespectful for anybody to write Gidor off because this is a very well-tuned machine. They're gaining momentum. They're coming good at the right time. What happened at the start of the championship and how they weren't going or they were going well, whatever it may be, is really irrelevant and it all comes down to what happens on the pitch in, you know, 13 days time. And Gidor know that, Neil Connell know that, and anybody who, who's had experience in county finals and, you know, talk about favourites. And that's what we have to do. Like Brendan and I will have to talk about favourites. Pundits and newspapers have to write about favourites, but it really comes down to nothing when the ball's thrown in on uh, Sunday week. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I think that's the, the definitely a sensible approach, Brendan D. You know, j- just on McCool's so Gary Wilson, their trainer, his interviews up on Radio dot com. Spoke to him and gave a Gary Frank assessment. You know, stay in Division One. The semi final was their aim. Uh, they got there. As he said, very young team. I just look at them defensively, how they were set up in their shape, and I thought uh, as they as they got in their defensive shape, some of their players were beyond the ball. You know, so Gidor had pockets, a lot of rooms in there. Ethan Harkin had a great game, had one five, or you know, there was pockets in there, and it probably led to the goal opportunities as well. Is is there, I suppose, a big learning curve for them uh, in that? Because if they're able to set up defensively and they have Ashing Gallon, they're going to have a chance in a lot of games. Yeah, and you know, I, I know some of these players have been involved with them at minor level, and they're really, really top players. But you're right, they were left off and open at times. Your young Rory Callahan there at fullback, Mark and Amy McGee, and. Eamon dragged him all over the place and he's, he's a great foil inside. I mentioned that he kind of goes back to the Kevin Cassidy in 2018, giving them great depth and making good movement off the ball. But they were found out defensively, you know, physically, I think it was more to do with that too. And when, as I mentioned, uh, that Oren scored the penalty, they had to come out a bit and maybe they were just a bit disrupted in their defensive plan and defensive shape at that stage. And Gidor used their experience and their class to exploit them deficiencies in their defence, Brendan, you know. Yeah. And, and, and John, a word on, on Gallon. Uh, I was talking to him yesterday at the, at the Dave Connell Unions game. Like what, what a very down the earth, nice lad, but his array of skills. Um, you know, I was watching Jim McGuinness or watching Jim McGuinness watching him. Uh, I mean, what a, what a plus point for McCool's, but ultimately for, for everyone else, for, for Donegal. I mean, uh, a fat Oshin Gallon, he's up there with the, with the best forwards in Ireland because he, he's hitting scores with the minimum amount of, uh, room, either foot. Uh, he's also physically, uh, very strong, can one ball, can one marks. He basically is a very complete all-round player and, and, um, I mean, it could have uh, it could be an unbelievable season for him for Donegal as well going into next year with Jim. Yeah, I suppose we have to be careful in a way that you know I've kind of seen him up close and personal over the last couple of weeks. And the first time I really you know sat down and watched him in the way he operated, um, and him kicking points is one aspect of his game, and he's exceptional in that. And I'll I'll go back to the Glen Swally game in particular. What I really liked about him was his attitude when the game was there to be won. Um, you know, it'd be very easy for him to stand in and fall forward and get wait for the ball to be kicked into him. But what he what he did for that last ten minutes of the Glen Swally game in particular was he was everywhere between the full forward line and the middle of the park, demanding to be on the ball, taking responsibility, taking men on, kicking scores, setting up scores. So it showed a very good all round 
um, aspect to his game, but also it showed his attitude towards the game in the sense that he was confident enough in his own ability to go and, and, and take you know, the ball at crucial times in the game and make crucial decisions for the team in entirety. What we need to be careful about is, obviously, we don't want to build Oshin up to the point where the level of expectation is too great. He's had an exceptional season so far. We want to keep him very fit and healthy. He's going to be a very important part of the Donegal picture going forward. But as we know, one player, and this is been proven this year one player doesn't want a championship for you or doesn't want a game for you he's um and it's important that he gets support from other aspects within the McCool side and they have to find ways of doing that uh over the coming years because I do think they have a big future but from a Donegal perspective as well we can't be over reliant on one individual there has to be a blend throughout that and just on, on one other point moving away from Washington and and this is more in relation to the the format of the championship and it, Directly related to McCool's, I thought it was a little bit of unfair from McCool's perspective that this was the kind of their fourth week on the trot and they were intensive championship mates. They were all basically knockouts. Ghidorah had the same, but there's a level and, and Brendan, you both of you guys know there's a, there's a level of emotional baggage you carry from game to game where you go to these highs and you go down again and up and down. And when you try to do that in a very short period of time, all the time, sometimes you can end up with a performance that McCool's had on some on Saturday that probably wasn't reflective to the way that they played the rest of the year. And if they've got a little bit more time, A, as a club, to enjoy the fact that they've made this progress and they've got into a semi-final and give them an extra week, but also give them an extra week to prepare. Gidor have been on the road longer. They have more experience. They're able to ride those up and downs a little bit better. And I thought that probably emotional high and low roller coaster after the last four or five weeks from McCool's probably played a little bit into their performance because they just weren't quite at the pitch of the game. For whatever reasons, but I think that may have played it into some small part. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, John, listen, I get you, and probably more on, on their side is correct. But Brendan, just on Gidor there, you know, they won the second half 266. Um, the Coles come back, you know, four points in it. You thought, could could they, they get the next score? You maybe start to shake. Gidor got up a bit, put the ball in the back of the net. He scored five goals against Ardra the week before. You know, the goals have taken them across the last couple of games. You know, that's going to be a difficult proposition now against Neve Connell, who tend hard enough to get a point against them, never mind a goal. But, you know, as well as that, I was just looking at some small things like right footed free taker. You know, they don't, no one seems to really want to take that job up, you know, and you're thinking about, you know, left footed fine Harkins there, and, and he took one member to the left, a small bit, but then eventually, you know, you, you have Darrell Boyle, you have, uh, Ronan McNeilish, you have fellas there, but no one seems to really want to, Kick them balls. When it comes to the likes of, uh, you know, finite uh, performance against the likes of Eve Connell, all those things have to be on the money, uh, Brent. So certainly there'll be a bit of an issue with that. Yeah, they will. And as you referenced, Brendan, they may have enjoyed their eight gold goal fest in the last couple of games because their opportunities against this Nave Connell defence will be few and far between. So they will. But that is something I'm sure that they'll look at that, you know, Ronan McNeil is really looking at. They have. A target man inside in, in Eamon McGee. Ethan Harkin is playing really good football there. Keen McEntee, who can play, you know, he would have been a defender at minor level, is kind of covering a lot of ground in there. So that's given them a bit of space inside too. Or McNeilis is dropping deep. He's playing really close to his half back line as a quarterback type player. So he is. So they seem to be able to create them gaps in opposition defenses. 
um, up in the, for the last couple of games. But, you know, it's going to be a totally different proposition now on Sunday week. So it is against the Nave Connell guys. So in relation to the free takers, like it's always really important. It's normally the other way around. You have a good right footed t- free taker and you struggle to have the left, someone on the left to knock them over on the left. So it is something I'd say that they'll have to look at because, you know, taking your opportunities in the county final is going to be key for Gidor. St. Junans didn't maximise their potential yesterday from their shooting and, you know, they were punished accordingly, so they were Brendan. So it is something that they will have to look at. Yeah. John, just on yesterday's game, you know, 11-9, it was a 2.1. A lot of people think, looking at the scoreline, that that was close. For me, it didn't really feel that close on the day. What what was your making of of, of the Neve Connell side and, and the performance they put in? I thought for 45 minutes it was as good as Neil Connell performance as, you know, I've probably witnessed maybe outside, maybe the Gidor <coughs> trilogy. Um, they really left everything on the line. I thought from a defensive perspective, they had, you know, this old adage of hammer the hammer and the big players from St. Euron's perspective were targeted in a very clean and fair way. Um, and they were basically shut down. Uh, like Alton Doherty on Night O'Donnell did an exceptional job. Like he made contact, physical contact on and Continuous basis and, and really put him under serious pressure. Um, the sa- same with the other dirty lad uh, when it came to, um, Shane O'Donnell. So I thought it was very accomplished for 45 minutes. I thought we controlled the tempo of the game. We were under, had no real pressure. I didn't think St. Unions brought anything new to the table to see if they could break it down. It seemed to be the same old thing. Get the ball in, you know, regurgitate it, go swing left, right, do it all over again. And there was no real effort to punch through the Neil Connell defence, which, listen, it's easier said than done. I thought for the last 15 minutes of the game, then, we Neve Connell lost their way a little bit. That was twofold. I think we went, we went at one stage, we went four points up. And there seemed to be a feeling at that stage well, we, we, we have, we hold what we have. And we started playing a lot of lateral ball. The ball went back to the keeper. We started drifting into corners and that invited St. Unions onto Neil Connell. And St. Unions had a lot of joy out of that. But ultimately, when it came down the street, I think St. Unions ran out of ideas because, you know, they were in the game. There was a point in it with seven minutes to go. And they really didn't. From my perspective, looking at it, they didn't really make a big fist at, okay, let's go and try to win this. There seemed to be a lot of trepidation and a lot of, you know, anxiety or whatever it might be. And nobody really wanted to go, okay, let's go and win this. Let's stand, step up and have a real go at this. Yeah, Brendan, I totally agree with John. I mean, in terms of Neve Connell tactically, how they carried out their game plan, it was close. I'd say that spell that John talked about, it was close to perfect. And that only happened because they were actually so far ahead. And I think Neve Connell, other teams then might keep going and kind of hammer team, whereas they are so used to sitting, this is what we do, we know we're going to win this match. Now, they did invite unions on a bit, but it, isn't it, I suppose it's a bit sad from a unions perspective that it took something like that. I mean, if you're going to beat Neve Connell, tactically everything must be pretty much right. It's not going to be perfect, but you have to be uh, damn sure when you're on the ball, you keep it, you don't give away cheap possession. And then you've got to maximise. You're always going to have a few wides. You can't know the ball themselves, but you're always going to have a few wides. But the wide count versus the cheap possession cough up. Now, people say Neve Connell caused some of that. And when they stripped the ball, like in the first attack, when Darren McGrew got stripped, that was quality attacking. But a lot of the play was quite simple possession given away by Unions against a team where they had to be right on the money. And they were so far off it yesterday that Neve Connell probably couldn't believe it themselves. 
how far ahead they were of unions in the game. Yeah, and, you know, particularly in the first half, I felt, you know, so like there are two things here, Brendan. You have to be really accurate when you're playing, or when you're playing Nave Connell, because they are that good defensively that you have to get it right. And on too many occasions, the solo went up too high or the pass was a half a yard off and, and, and Nave Connell would just eat that up. They love it. They'll, they'll swallow you up and move on. So they will kind of thing. And I thought, you know, the five minutes after halftime, I thought kind of epitomized the whole game from the point of view. St. Julian's had possession, I think, for four full minutes, four and a half full minutes over and back, not really without any incision into the Nave Connell defence. Nave Connell turn over the ball, get the ball up the field. Johnny O'Malley cuts in, finds a pocket of space, puts it over the bar. Simple. After 30 seconds possession, as opposed to St. Julian's four minutes possession. And I don't know whether some of, you know, the St. Julian's as they appear to be playing in straight jackets or, you know, there was very little ingenuity from them in that they didn't try anything different. They didn't put a big man into the edge of the square to try and hit him or to try and stretch the Nave Connell defence. Because if we were, as I was looking at out of it yesterday, you're up, but you're a St. Junin's player and you have the ball 45 to 65 out and you're looking in and it's just a swarm of blue jerseys. And contrary on the other side then, when I saw Nave Connell in similar kind of scenarios, there were then pockets of space to hit inside and they seemed to be able to get up the field, create scoring opportunities so much easier then Newnans had to work for them. That doesn't take away the Nave Connell kicked some wondrous points and Anthony's point before half time was fantastic. And, you know, Kieran Thompson again gave an exhibition of both yeah. Fielding and kicked a couple of great scores. And that is the difference. You need to be able to find a way to break them down. I even felt, you know, there were a couple of times in the first half when St. Junas did turn over Nave Connell in the 45 that they needed to get runners off the shoulder quicker. There was one situation where Nave Connell had fully committed guys to the top of the field and there was space in behind. But again, Unions did it for a couple of passes, but then they took the option again to come back, come back. and recycle the ball. Yeah. It's such, a, it's such a difficult thing to play. And in some ways, I suppose, it's, you know, it's from a Unions perspective, John, when when, when they've gone of their full 15 inside the 45, that is difficult to break down and there's no one better. At it. But not only that, when they had the ball... The break that they had, the, their ability on the ball, they were much cooler on the ball. They seemed much more composed. And then they play through the players that, that Brendan mentioned there. Some of the scores from, from, from Thompson and from the two Thompsons and that in particular, you know, were, were absolutely top drawer. And it was like a, it was almost like a knife on <laughs> these students every time they went forward. John, here's one thing I mentioned to, to Brendan during the game. The way Neve Connell sat back when they, when they went four up, would you be better taking Sean Patton off and putting an outfield player? And nets and just because Patton was almost redundant then, and listen, not to get away, Patton's one of the best keepers in Ireland, but I'm just saying he's kind of not needed in that final 20 minutes or 15 minutes. Would you be better putting on an outfield player and just trying to get an overload from that? Would that be something you'd consider as a coach? Well, absolutely. Like a Mark McHugh type player that could contribute and maybe kick a point at the back end of the way Kilcar were using them all year. I think Dave Connell were very smart in the way that they approached Patton. And listen, Patton is an unbelievable weapon from a St. Union's perspective. But what Dave Connell did was they took him completely out of the game. They said, you take the ball and we'll wait for you and we'll take it off you. So therefore, any, like, any one of the three of us could have played in goals yesterday for St. Union's because A, there was no shot at goals. I think the only thing he did was pick the ball up for kickouts. And he didn't have to kick a ball more than 15 yards because Glenties didn't press on the kickout. So from that perspective, you, you may have a point. Um, you know, I think there's, there's sometimes Neve Connell don't get, I know they get a lot of credit for being this very consistent, structured team, but I think sometimes 
what people don't understand as well is that the caliber of player that Neve Connell have is kind of overlooked because the system is bigger than the player individual players. But like if you if you look at at the Doherty's, um, you know Jack McKelvey, Kieran Thompson, they're all like on the younger side. I know we talk about the older brigade, and we had Brendy playing yesterday and Leo and Anthony Thompson, but there's a real you know direct hard running style with this Neve Connell team that when they break, they break and nobody's hanging around and they're unbelievable athletes all around the park from cornerback to corner forward. And the other thing that I and I sat and paid particular attention to yesterday, and again it was down to the fact that teams play defensive. But Clint Neve Connell play defensive different than anybody else that I've come across and seen. And I've watched different teams try to play defensive. They use their defensive Stands not in a passive defense, but in a very aggressive in your face defense that's designed to turn ball over. And then they feed of that. And then that puts them on the front. And then there's this mass break. So it's, it's not just defending for the sake of defending. There's, there's a real structure around what they're doing. And their defensive structure is the, the, the most important launch pad for their, for their attacking prowess. And then ultimately, some of the scores yesterday were outrageous. Like Jack McKelvey kicked a couple of amazing scores yesterday. Kieran, as he does, kicked a couple of amazing scores. So they're clinical, they're efficient, and they're incredibly hard to break down. But everybody, when they're coming into contact with St. Unions players or whoever it might be, whatever team they're playing, there's real intent there to get their body into contact, to turn the ball over. And the discipline level yesterday was incredible. I think... You know, outside of, of, uh, Connor Donald Jr.'s free kick from well out, which, you know, in most days you wouldn't expect anybody to kick, but it was an amazing score. I think Glenty's give one free away inside the 45. So the level of discipline attached to all that as well can't be overlooked. It was an amazingly disciplined, structured, organized clinical performance. And that's ultimately what it was. Yeah, that's very interesting, John. I think you're 100% right about the, the individuals there not maybe getting the credit because it's such a team thing. You know, after the match, I spoke to Martin Regan and Rory Kavanagh, their interviews up at nine. Martin's always a great guy to talk to. You know, I could see him making time for, for everybody after the match. Uh, what a, what a time he has been. What a, what a level of service he has given Neve Connell. It's absolutely phenomenal. Brendan, do, uh, Kieran McGonagall, Kieran McGonagall's in the backroom team. Me and his brother won a minor championship. 30 years ago here at St. James. Back in the day. I was trying to think, was it 20 or 30? I was like, oh my God, it's 30 years. <laughs> But uh, I shook hands with him after. He says, oh, we, we don't suit the narrative. He kind of said to me, I, I wasn't sure what he meant. I kind of was walking away. I was going to get Martin. I was kind of like, I, I wonder if people think we're, we're somehow harsh sometimes. I mean, we not this season, not once have we mentioned kind of blank defence or kind of the output of games. You know, we've been very positive. I've I really enjoyed the championship. We haven't mentioned that at all. And, you know, Neil Connell, we're always... Um, complimenting what they do because how could you not? They deserve what they've been what they've been getting. I think there's very different things here around say success, the type of way you play and a club. You know, if you're on about just a senior team, there's many teams in the Connell. There, there's a whole kind of I suppose mash of information in there. But but certainly, you know, I I I, I was wondering because he's in the inner circle there of Neve Connell. I wonder if they thinking they're not getting a fair enough uh, uh, crack because I think from a neutral's perspective yesterday people wouldn't have really enjoyed that game but as we're saying from Neve Kong's perspective they're doing exactly what they do and they're in the seventh, seventh record breaking final you know and we're, we're always complimenting how well they do it so I think there's very different things here I was just a bit surprised that, that he, he would say you know don't sit the narrative it sounded as if maybe they weren't getting the credit that they should get but I, I think we do uh, do that 
Yeah, no, listen, Brendan, I've nothing but total admiration for this Nave Connell team. Love watching them play. It mightn't be your your most front-footed football at times, but what they do, and John John spoke really well about it there, what they do, they're brilliant at it. And, you know, the way John explained, their defensive system is their launch pad for their attack. And when they break an attack at that, it's it's fantastic to watch. And, you know, the, I think it's nine county finals in 10 years. What they're doing in Donegal club football is phenomenal. Like, and, you know, someone referenced last year that or last week, I think that they're the best club team of all time. And I think that's hard to argue with that. The levels of consistency, their system is fantastic. Martin Regan is obviously a fantastic manager that he can keep going year after year because it's a tough gig. Management is a tough gig, so it is. As you know. As I well know. The yeah. hair got a bit greyer when you took over units. Definitely, it? yeah. It's a tough gig, so it is. So you can't, and you know, ultimately, you know, they have the players that are able to perform that plan. They're just totally committed to the Nave Connell cause. And, you know, I certainly have no problem with saying that I, I enjoy watching them. I have great admiration for them. Great admiration for everyone of them fellas that go out and dig it out week after week. At the end of the day, Ben, it's up to opposition to come and show that, that we can break that down. And people really haven't been able to do that very rarely. 100%. And, you know, Nave Connell have been involved in some great battles down through the years, not only with St. Eunice, but the Gidor trilogy, etc. And they've provided great entertainment. So I don't think it's a fair narrative, particularly, well, coming from Manton that we're doing here kind of thing mm. or anyway, we've analysed it over the years. And, you know, if you go back to, if you go back to 2005, Brendan, when, you know, the defensive system and John was instrumental in that and played a huge part and was brilliant in that year for, for Nave Connell and they came up against a, our side that were really fancy to win that final. But they just had too much for us. They were too smart for us. They just outplayed us on the day and we weren't able to break it down. And I remember getting criticism at the time. Why didn't you do this, that? Yeah. 20 years later, nearly, and it's still not figured out. <laughs> we're still, John, good, good memories there. John, you know, when I spoke to Martin yesterday, actually, he took it right back to the semi-final uh, that you lost yourselves just previous to that oh, final. Yeah. Year before. And he was on a bit, it was so huge for them to get into that semi-final. Hasn't that been just a remarkable change now, uh, John, in, in all this time and that in that uh, 20 years that, that where Neve Connell are at now in terms of their, their success and, and, and everything that Martin's put into that. Oh, yeah, listen, and, you know, I listened to a couple of other commentators and I listened to Martin, you know, we won a league title, I think, before that. I think we beat Unions in a league title, maybe in, or maybe O2 as well. We got beaten in the semi-final. So we were, we were starting to, to put things together a little bit, but we were, we weren't a successful club. Like that's the reality. We weren't a successful club. Everybody else was much more successful than us. And we grew up in an era where we weren't even looked down upon in the Southwest because at that stage you were looking at the glamour boys of Kelly Beggs, who were a phenomenal side. You had Kilcar, you had Glenn Colum Kill, you had Bally Shannon, you had four masters. We were like, and then you had St. Unions from this side of the county. So like we weren't in the reckoning at all for a long, long. And a lot of that older contingent, know that and grew up through that. So nobody in Neil Connell takes it for granted. We've been blessed with 20 years of the most unbelievable success. We've been in semi-finals, finals, we've played replays, we've been in multiple finals, we've won ones, we shouldn't have won, we've lost ones, we should have won. So it's been such a mixed bag, but the, this crop or this club has provided unbelievable entertainment for, from a, a town perspective over the last 20 years. But it's interesting as well in the sense that there's there a go back to, to the narrative from Big Cairn and it's it's listen, not hard to be a chip on the shoulder. And from a Neve Connell perspective, the more chips you can have on your shoulder about being disrespected, the better. Because 
you know, they thrive in, in, in that kind of microcosm of whatever it might be. But the other thing as well is that's something that, you know, maybe Martin doesn't get credit for. He gets credit for his structure in his organization. But if you look at the team that played in a county final seven years ago versus the team that will play in the county final final in two weeks' time and look how many players are crossing over, there's not that many. There's been a huge influx of new talent, new players, bred by an unbelievable underage structure in Neve Connell, which has been the result of the success of the senior team. So it all kind of feeds into one another. But like, you know, if you look at it, like Jason Campbell's back this year is having an unbelievable season. He's probably one of the best defenders in the county on form at this point in time. You have AJ Gallard that just does what AJ does and very consistent and sticky. Alton Doherty, I spoke about earlier, phenomenal. Kevin McGettigan, Anthony Thompson, Anthony Thompson looked like a 25 year old there yesterday. He was out of this world. You know, he was everywhere. John, we need to stop with this kind of, we keep hearing this. I don't know how many years now we're hearing this about Neve Connell and legs. That's not, that's not the way it is. No, but, 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 but the point is, it, there, there still seems to be that tendency to think we, they don't have the legs. If you look at like, if you look at Oren Dory, Uren Dory, Jack McKelvey, they're all supreme athletes. Um, so, but they're all new. They weren't there seven years ago probably weren't there five years ago. So there's been an evil Martin Regan, this is probably his third team to a certain extent where he's evolved. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a couple of similar guys in similar positions and you have McGrath and Goals and you have three or four of the other guys. But then there's a whole new flux of players that are coming through and I know there's another three or four young uh, Keelan McGill's about to come into the squad or into the team. There's another three or four guys now that are about to phase in and, you know, should Anthony and Leo decide that maybe they don't want to play into their 50s Maybe some of those other guys get a chance. Mm, definitely, John. Listen, interest is up. We're going to do a big uh, senior final preview next week. We'll be out and about in the road, lads. If uh, you'll come with us, we've got to get a, a destination sorted yet. Uh, John, fantastic stuff. Just a quick shot across uh, four masters. You're on about different teams, John. They are building up ahead of steam again. Uh, one in the minor division one title, Clahonili, uh, the division two champions. Uh, Neve Breed are relegated to uh, the junior, Bert, uh, beating them in that relegation playoff, 10 points above five. And St. Knowles relegate Mulford, uh, been up for a few years now, um, 17 points to eight. Stephen Griffin excelling in that game for St. Knowles and Brendan Mulford relegated. Milford relegated. And, you know, there were some other lucky. I've seen them play a few games this year. And I even saw, saw them play Nave Connell down in Milford there a number of weeks back. And they did okay in the first half. And they were narrowly beaten in a lot of their games. But they've really struggled. I think they've lost a lot of players to immigration and a lot of good players have gone traveling and one reason or another. And um, so they'll be disappointed, obviously, to be relegated, but it might give them an opportunity to rebuild, get back up again. Knowles impressed me the day actually I saw them play St. Junin's the yeah. first day on the park. I they was were happy. lucky with the draw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just had tough games the whole yeah. way through and they've some top, top players like obviously Pather Morgan and, you know, Stephen Griffin kicking them scores for them yesterday. Uh, Brendan McCall and, Niall Prendeville, a lad coming out of minor the last couple of years, like a really strong defender, forceful defender. So they've they've a good, strong side and deservedly hold on to their senior status. I think Brendan, you know, yeah, interesting stuff. So listen, John, you you get rested up for the final there, get the wee bit of bunting up. Uh, there'll be a bit of blue and white. You're not far from me. You might see a wee flag up and across the hill there in this morning. Absolutely. Good. Uh, I put up the lone Leave Connell flag. Well, unfortunately, the jersey wouldn't fit anymore, but it's, it's <laughs> nice that you'd even think that would be the case. Um, you know, so, uh, but no, listen, it's, it's great. Like, we're enjoying it. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's an amazing sequence over the last 
15, 20 years for, for Neil Connell as a club. And l- l- make no mistake, things, the wheel turns very quickly. Um, and, you know, you're successful until you're not. And then it's a, it's a slippy, slippy slope to, and the hard road to get back to the top again. So they're taking nothing for granted. It's Gidor is going to be a huge test. Um, and Gidor coming with nothing to lose because all the talk will be about Nipano and Nipano, just like it was two years ago. And on a final note, if you, if they, if Nipano do win the championship, it'll be a hard road because they'll have played St. Eunice twice. They'll play Kilcar and they'll play Gidor. And the last time that sequence of events set up <clears throat> was two years ago when we beat Kilcar in the county final. Played them a couple of weeks later in a very kind of intense game. We beat Gidor out in the Donald Park then a couple of weeks later and all the talk was so again, just like I was talking about earlier about the emotional roller coaster up and down. Sometimes after putting in big performances and make no doubt about it, the, the game against the Union yesterday was a big performance. They have to guard against the fact that they have to get really up for this Gidor team because this Gidor team will be coming. It's a new team as well with new players. They have nothing to lose, and it'll be a titanic struggle and a big challenge for Neve Connell. Yeah, certainly. Great stuff, uh, John. Listen, you might see a wee green and white flag. You know, there's a good oversight in my house, Trassel. But, uh, she's got more jerseys for the boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they mightn't like Neve Connell if they lose this. That'll be two times. Uh, you know, <laughs> weeks. But anyway, uh, they'll, they'll have a wee day out as well. Sure, listen, we'll keep, we'll keep it all at the end of the day. Listen, we're GA men, and may the best. Team one, lads, thanks very much for that uh, roundup. Uh, coming up now, we're going to look ahead to the intermediate finals. We're going to hear from Kevin Gallagher, the Downings manager. I'm here with Kevin Gallagher, the manager of Downings. Looking forward to a first intermediate final in a long time, some 30 years, uh, Kevin. You've, you've taken the club all the way this year. Yeah, exactly. Well, the players have got us there, Brendan. But yeah, you're right, it's 30 years, 1993. It's... Uh, it's a lifetime away, you know, but yeah, looking forward to it. Look, it's a big day, but look, we don't want to get caught up in the headlights, so we'll see what happens next Sunday. Yeah, and, and uh, you brought in uh, SB Barrett as trainer, known for his uh, physical approach and, and standing to the lads in terms of uh, good finishes to the game. Yeah, exactly. Look, at SP's a proven winner. He's done with us all year there since January, and, and look, at he set the stall down at the start of the year, set down a marker in terms of, of just physical strength, you know, and... and just endurance and, and look at last week um, we weren't found wanting you know we had, had it in the tank just going down the home street and it counts you know it counts Brendan at the end of the day and Cookie you're a very experienced manager yourself of course uh, you've been there and done it all now you were beat you were beaten well by uh, Terman earlier in the group stages but you turned the tables on them in the semi-final last week is that something around uh, your own learning your experience in terms of setting up the team uh, second game around to win the semi I think it might have been down to a bit of luck, Brendan, but um, I don't know about experience. But look at, yeah, you're learning every day, you go out um, every day's a school day. But look at, we asked the boys to be in, hang in there and going down the home street and, and to be within touching distance of Terman, and that's that's what they've done, you know. Um, the first day, look at Terman beat us in the Burn Road maybe five, six, seven weeks ago. We didn't show up, deservedly so, turned us over, and, and look at, we were hurting from that. Um, and look at we, we we stuck on there and got got our just rewards in the end. Look at last minute goal, but look at when you're within touching distance, anything's possible, you know. Yeah, and, and the club seems to be going from strength to strength, uh, Cookie, in terms of rising up back to that level of competing at intermediate, where don't many people think the the club belongs. And now you're at the pinnacle, that final. What's been the the buzz around the town and that? It's given everybody a lift. 
Yeah, exactly. Look, it's given us a lift there. Um, this management team um, will come in two years ago, you know, and we always felt we were underachieving. Uh, there was more on these boys, but look, at, again, they've no God-given right, Brendan. You have to put in, as you know yourself better than anybody, if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get your just rewards. And these boys, after the defeat against Fanad last year, you know, straight away... Jim, they took a couple of weeks out, and, and their application has been first class this last twelve months. You know, but look at, hey, we're only in a final, you know, and as you know yourself, hey, they're hard won, and look at it'll count for nothing if we don't to get cup down the road on Sunday evening. Yes, Michael Byrne, Malin manager, Michael. Uh, what a season it's been so far after two good leave campaigns you probably didn't do yourself justice last year in the championship. You've really made up for that this year back in a final after a long break. Ah, it's brilliant. Brendan, you know, as you say, I think last year it left a bit of a, you know, like a bit of a butter taste in our mouth as far as our performance in the championship. And um, I think we've responded really well this year. I think we've been consistent, very consistent throughout the year. So that's been pleasing from my point of view. Yeah, perfect. And Michael, um, I suppose late late finishes. I, I spoke to you down in Bunkrana, where you just come back with, with a great finish to to get a draw there. Obviously in the semi final as well. I suppose it's instilled a good belief in you, no matter how the game goes. And Sunday to Donald Park, that this Malin team, uh, you know, is, will finish the game strong and, and won't be beaten to the final whistle. I definitely, Brian. I think it's been a theme of our our, our our season, you know, in the league as well. That's uh, we've been lucky in the fact that we've kept, you know, injury-free Touchwood, you know, for most of the campaign, and that's uh, meant that we've had good quality coming off the bench, and that's you know really helped us finish the games strongly, you know. And as you mentioned, Bonkrana, I think we probably had, we didn't perform anywhere near our best that day, but that's never give up kind of attitude got us back in the game, got us a, a very important point that day, and. Uh, no, it's definitely something that's very pleasing. Again. Yeah. A very interesting pairing yourselves in uh, down. It's a long time since they've been in a, a final as well. But, you know, finals are already won. But, of course, now, uh, Michael, a great lift to, to, to the Malin area. You know, the whole the whole parish and everybody getting behind it, heading to a big final. It's an exciting time. Ah, it's great, Brendan. You know, and on down it, they're very similar. You know, kind of story to ours as well. And the fact that... They they have the same I suppose kind of over the last couple of years we we've went together we played that league final last year it was a very close encounter then this year as well they've stayed up in Division One and reached intermediate and um, they've a lot of good players as well you know but as far as the community now it's great to, to get a lift and you can feel the excitement I suppose with everyone in, in Malin at the minute and it's brilliant um, and then I suppose from our point of view it's very much the case of trying to uh, keep the feet in the ground. Remember that there's there's a there's a game that that we have to perform on on Sunday, Brendan. That's the most important thing from I suppose the management players end of things. It's great for the community, but again, you have to. There's a performance that has to come. Good man, Michael. Listen, I know it's huge work and a huge commitment for you and your family. We at Highland Radio will be there covering it, Michael. Really looking forward to the game, and I wish you all the best in the final. Yeah, thanks very much, Michael Byrne. Really looking forward to this intermediate final. And now we're going to turn our attention to the junior final and we have the words from the two managers involved. Declan Boner is joining us and the Narasa manager. Declan, when I seen you took the Narasa job, I thought there's one thing on your mind and that is a junior championship this season. You're in the final now. It's been a great season up until this point and you'll want to win this big game on uh, Saturday at Adonal Park. Yeah, listen, the lads and everyone's looking forward, to be quite honest. It's been a... It's been a 
it's been a great year to be quite honest and uh, I suppose when I took the job uh, we couldn't get anyone else Brendan that's just the way it was I, I've been chairman for the last nine or ten years with the club and it's always kind of difficult and you know we took in a couple of managers and we, we got we got so far but ultimately listen you know once I got the commitment from, from the group of players that we had there uh, and you know they were true to their word. I mean, they 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 really worked hard all year, and yeah, we got promotion into Division Two for the first time in I don't know many years. I think eighteen years, and yeah, through to the Championship final for the first time since two thousand and eight, so fifteen years. So yeah, it's been a good year, and uh, there's still a big one to go on on Sunday or Saturday. We're really looking forward to that. Yeah, and and Declan, listen, great and great buzz about the the Paris and that now it gives everybody a lift. But Declan, you've been playing great football, attacking football, racking up big scores. You beat Mavel earlier in, in the season as well. What what did you take from that uh, game, Deck, in terms of this match now, this final? I think very little, to be quite honest, because Mobile would have been fairly short on on the day, a number of their key personnel, probably none more so than, than Dylan Doherty, who's an exceptional goalkeeper and, you know, at, at uh, the level, you know, in terms of junior championship, he's a way up there, t- top keeper, uh, really, really top class keeper and he brings a lot to what uh, what Mobile are about. But they have, they have some very, very good players like lads that have been around and they've locked a number, a good number of years, the likes of the Hegarty's and the likes of Enda Faulkner, Kieran Dever and Nigel McMoney, a lot, a lot of really good players. So we've had a lot of battles with, with Mobile over the last nine or ten years and, uh, you know, they're always got tight, tight games and really go down to the wire and, yeah, I think this is making of a really good game at the weekend. Yeah, they really looking forward to it. I spoke to Pat and Quiggy, of course, uh, is involved in the backroom team there. A great story for them as well, leading in this match. If you don't know Hanlon, please, you get in the semi deck, you'll not be too far away. Uh, listen, yeah, Adrian's been very, very good. He's come back over and supposed to. Uh, sometimes people forget Adrian Hannum grew up in, 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 in the village of Duhury and uh, played always on the rage football up until like, maybe on the 14-15 and then the family moved to Dunlow and he went to Dunlow at that stage but he's been living back in Duhury for the last year he moved he was in England for about maybe 10 years moved back and yeah he, yeah, he's been play, playing well and you mentioned John Quigg so uh, I was surprised today he arrived over in, in Narasa what um, what was I didn't realise he was involved in the Gaelic at all because <laughs> seven hundred played together for Har- 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 right. a good number of years back That's in the early right. And in the early 90s, so yeah, I had a good chat with him, and uh, no, I really had that nice lad. Yeah, 100%. Listen, Dick, really looking forward to it. Good luck on, on Saturday. We'll be there uh, covering the match. Uh, looking forward to your game with Maville. I'm here with the Maville hierarchy Pat McLaughlin and Johnny Quigg. This is some story, boys. I have to hear this. Now, my old Van Harps buddy, Johnny Quigg. How did this come about, Pat? Um, well, I left Greencastle a couple of years ago, and I was just going to retire from retire from management and uh, cut a long story short the boys could see what fantastic done the Gaelic team as they hadn't got a manager and uh, at first I says no and then I saw about it for maybe a couple of weeks the boys come down again and I says you know what Ryan John my right hand man and John says Pat why not give it a lash and so we went and got a team in place and then it was just a novel Jabe Kamari that we'd give it a go for one year and it's actually we're 36 weeks now into really into the season training and it's actually gone very well yeah, it's going very well <laughs> great buzz about the camp and honestly you know training John's training's excellent he's just walked away from soccer straight onto the ghillie pitch and he's actually wow this is one of the best stories I've ever heard so listen you two boys take over obviously John you, you have a bit of grounding in this Quiggy with the first phone call about taking over a Gaelic team what, what was that talk about I have absolutely no Gaelic background <laughs> and even my, my, my family 
my my father and, and whatever. I've no, no Gaelic background whatsoever. But when I got the phone call, I said, you know what? Why don't you go give it, give it a go? I spoke to my wife and I said, you know what? I'm going to go down to my vault. And she says, aye, that's grand. My vault's Celtic. And I says, no, my vault's EA. We just, <laughs> just laughed. We just laughed. So I'll tell you a wee story to me. The first day I went to the training session, we had a meet, team meeting. Now, there was 25 players there. And Pat spoke and he said to me, do you want to speak? And I says, boys, I'm going to tell you the truth. I know absolutely nothing about Gaelic, but what I do know, I know how to get people fit, and I know the ball moves faster than any player I've ever seen, so if we can move the ball, we'll do all right. Simple, simple stuff then, Matt. That was the philosophy, and, and, and the two years the got, got the team together? Yeah, it was the philosophy of Greencastle too, make the ball do the work, and uh, it's actually been very enjoyable, and we're working with a great bunch of boys, and they are really up for it, like, so, you know, they know... They just they know what John what John expects at training and everything on and off the pitch is going very well. Yeah. And, and pre pre the championship, did, was there a feeling with the squad we can give this a rattle in terms of in the background? Obviously, the old one each game at a time. But did you think from the get go, listen, we have a chance of winning this championship? Yeah, we did. You know, we knew if we got the players out, we could do business. You know. Now, we play Naras now in the final. We know what Naras with Declan's going to bring to the table. Like it's a well, well balanced team, some brilliant individuals. But like, like last week we're ready for it. As I said to John, we're going to enjoy this day. We've done to the game as massive underdogs. But I'll tell you what, if we leave everything on the pitch, God knows what will happen. Yeah, and and Quiggy, you've been played many derbies, of course. What have you made of, of the championship fair and of course the semi final? You know the derby game with, with Moffat and the way I suppose the spirit that comes into those games. Oh, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Moffat absolutely battered us, Brian. I think it was six six goals and Sunday we had three, two goals or whatever. And we we're going, holy God! I just summed everything up about about local derbies and whatever. But as Pat says, we get the boys all in and we got them believing back, believing on themselves. We had a couple of good wee ones there and we got into that semi-final, really uh, cock-a-hoop. And to be fair, that, look, that semi-final could have went, went anyway. It was a penalty kick at one at the end, but it was an absolutely fantastic game of Gaelic football. You know? and, and Pat, the, the lift to the area, you know, I was down there recently, I was in for your, Did you enjoy your, your, your fish, fish bap special, whatever that was. <laughs> It was, it was first class, I must say. But listen, the lift of the area now that that gives for everybody uh, at the everybody, minute. Everybody involved at the club, it's a massive lift. The flags are up there now. There's a lot of talk about it. It's probably lift of the whole club. The young players, right through to the seniors. And, like, it's, it's great. You know, during the season, me and John were saying, what are we at here? Because we're going through a bit of a low. But the bus, John, like, John's not a quarter, I'm not a quarter. We lifted the boys again and we went for it. And it's a really, there's a great buzz now amongst the, you know, Really great atmosphere amongst the boys. See, to be honest, uh, look, we know what we're up against. Declan Bonner's an, an All-Ireland senior um, uh, player, whatever, right? He's won everything in the game. We know what we're up against. We're up against a fantastic team, right? They absolutely bat. There's just be 15 points down there, right? So we know what we're up against. But you know what? We'll give it our best shot. And hopefully on the day, our best shot's good enough. And uh, Mickey Hart will be uh, looking for you then to join the dairy backer team. Well, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that, listen, that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> Lads, all the best to fail. Thank you, Brent. Yeah, great hearing from the two junior finalist managers there. That wraps up the show and I thank Kenneth Wilson for producing Head of Sport, Osh and Kelly, to all the guests who contributed uh, to the show. Uh, stay tuned for the next Monday night sessions. I'll speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Check this. Um. 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 Um.